0: TCU and K State played two fantastic ball games last year. Both teams kind of struggling this season to live up to the high expectations. Uh, and we have a special guest to break down this game next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: That's right. Lockdown Horn Frogs and, and kind of a special crossover edition tonight. So you're hearing this on the Lockdown Horn Frogs feed. Also, if you listen to the Purple Project podcast, you are listening to a preview of the TCU Kansas State game. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, in the box next to me is Eddie Greer. You can find him on Twitter at Eddie underscore EG3. Uh, and he covers Kansas State. He's a Kansas State alum, covers the team really well. So, Eddie, last week. Um, I, I'm watching this tech, Texas Tech Kansas State game, and all of a sudden I see this long-haired man running <laughs> all up and down the Texas Tech defense. I know Avery Johnson was maybe like maybe the most hyped recruit in Kansas State history, um, but w- what's the quarterback situation like right now? Do you expect Will Howard to start, and how do you think they'll use Avery Johnson moving forward?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Stephen. That's been the big question. Even Michael's Alex Aiden on the Pro Project podcast. We've been we talked about it early this week about how (laughs) how this Avery Johnson's play last week affects this week's matchup with TCU. That's a huge question around Manhattan right now. Will Will Howard start or will Avery start? Look. like I said, said, Alex, on the episode, I have no idea what's going to happen, who's going to try out that field on Saturday night. It could be Will Howard or Avery Johnson. Look, uh, Will, I feel bad for Will Howard because he, he's he been through so much in his K-State career, right, uh, having to battle through the whole COVID situation and then, of course, having to back up Adrian Martinez before he had to come in to replace Adrian Martinez last year, and he just took over, right? And then I find it fitting enough, last week, Avery Johnson comes into in the game and he catches fire as well as the same exact time frame as Will Howard caught fire last year around the Oklahoma State game here in Manhattan. So, Stephen, if I had a crystal ball, I would still struggle with that answer. But I, I got a feeling Will Howard will start this game because he's been through it all. He gave K-State, led K-State to a Big 12 title last year against your yes. Horn Frogs. So, I right. mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see see how how, how it unfolds.
0: Yeah, I saw Chris Kleiman said after that game, he was like, you know, Texas Tech was giving us the quarterback run game. And so, yeah. you know, we, we took advantage of that and, and rolled with it. Um, how different does the offense look with with Johnson in the game? Because it, I know he threw nine passes. He was eight of nine. So it's not like he's can't do something with his arm. But it really felt like, you know, they were they were running the ball. A lot of kind of, you know, straightforward. were are coming right at you. And uh, using his speed once
1: he got in the ball game. Well, Avery obviously brings that, and obviously he has some uh, good. He uses legs and legs and run game pretty well as well. He's got quick bursts. Every time Textech Tech tried to to put nine ten in the box, he would still find a little crease, and he boom, he'll take off running. Yeah. So. Avery John, the combination with Avery Johnson and Trishon Ward, who also had a good game last week as well, I really like that combination because Tex Tech, they, they didn't have an answer to stop it. And Colin Klein, the offensive coordinator for K State, just kicked on feeding Trishon Ward. And when Tex Tech tried to really load the box, and Avery Johnson used his athleticness to find that hole and score five touchdowns to tie Colin Klein's <laughs> rushing record there. So, Look, Will Howard on the other side, he doesn't have the playmakers on the outside right now. <laughs> the wide receiver position, it, again, on my podcast, it's been two three years we've gone over the wide receiver position, and the, it's, the wide receivers this year, especially after the Missouri game, have not played particularly very well. So and that's probably part of the reason why the coaches went the Avery, because we want to see – we want to put him in the game more. I know the fans here. You know, I kind of want to see him play a little bit more, so – Avery's Avery's arm and his legs can really tight confuse a big Twelve defense.
0: Yeah, so the wide receivers, because, I mean, I I had high expectations for Phillip Brooks. I think this is his sixth year, you know, playing college football. I I know they brought in some transfers, too. From your perspective, why has that not really clicked, at least to, you know, what you guys were expecting going into the season?
1: (laughs) If I had a 100% answer – it it can be multiple things, but obviously, I go back to Oklahoma State where they, the receivers struggle to get open. And the biggest thing right now is these guys. Well, I'll probably put Phillip Brooks as the consistent one of the top consistent receivers on this team right now. Obviously, we take Ben Sennett away, which is obviously our top target. <laughs> we don't have anybody throwing a ball to him. So, Phillip Brooks, yeah, he got a chewing after the Oklahoma State game about half running around what what he did at still still but the keen johnson that's been a mystery to me uh all the hype here in and he's going to be that next deep threat that next tie locket he just hasn't been that trying to recover still recover from a toe injury that he suffered in the spring he just hasn't been the same so uh james jackson who was effective earlier um uh, in the season he's disappeared rj garcia kind of put him in the same category as Keenan Johnson. All this hype for the last two years, we, I, we haven't really seen much of him. Well, it would take away the catch he had in the Big 12 title game against TCU last year. He hasn't really done much for us. So, yeah, the last two years, it's been a dis- disappointment. You don't have the reliable third down option like we had Cade Warner last year. Malik Knowles finally stepped up in his own in his final year here at K-State. But right now, in case they're searching for that deep threat, obviously we had Jace Brown came in the game last weekend. Uh, a lot of fans here, in. I want to see Trey Spivey on the field more as well. Avery and Trey had a nice little connection early on in the game, early on in the season. So we'll have to see how this wide receivers episode plays out the rest of the year.
0: You mentioned Trey Sean, Ward earlier. Uh, I mean, replacing Deuce Vaughn is a tall task, but they've had success in the run game, Eddie. Um, what has what Ward brought to the table and how have they kind of at least attempted to replace such a dynamic player uh, in, in Doosan?
1: Well, it's, it's not it's not just Sean Ward, it's D.J. Giddens as well with his power. Uh, going back to the Tech game last week, Trayshon Ward by far, uh, Stephen, has best game of the, as a K-State Wildcat. 8, 8, 118 yards on 15 carries, and somehow <laughs> didn't score a touchdown. Obviously, Avery scored all the touchdowns on the ground, but Trasha Ward looked really good last week. I'm interested to see how he can carry that momentum into this TCU game on Saturday. Trish, uh, DJ Ginn's had his outcome outcome party against UCF with his big day of four TDs himself. So it's been kind of what Chris Thomas talked about the quarterback situation here. We want to go with the hot hand, so is DJ Ginn's back at UCF. Well because of Treshawn Ward being out with an injury, DJ Gibbs had to carry all the workload. So it was him, and then, of course, DJ Gens kind of struggled at Tech. There was, there was that burst of speed, so they put Treshawn Ward in, and he, he had that burst like I expect him to. So, again, I think they're trying to the, – these the, the, the offensive players are trying to have the power and speed balance in the backfield.
0: Yeah, so Eddie, uh, talking about the defense for a minute, it, it feels like this is a K-State <laughs> defense, and as you're laughing there, uh, it feels like they're kind of growing as the year goes on, maybe, or trying to figure things out as the year goes on. Uh, is is this past defense as susceptible as it looks like on the stat sheet, or are those numbers deceiving? What's been kind of the issues with the back end of that defense this season?
1: Uh, we knew going into the season, Stephen, that the secondary was going to be a question mark. And me and Alex on the Pro Project podcast, I've talked about that before the season started. Obviously, Kobe Savage coming back uh, from his injury last year, you knew he was going to be back there. Vijay Payne's a sophomore. You have Keenan Garber, who who was a wide receiver, transitioned to the defensive back room last year at the TCU game, which we didn't know what number he was. Now he's back to his number one. Uh, you have, let's see, Jacob Parrish. He's been on and off at times as well. A little inconsistent, but the, the issue with this back, back into the secondary is too many big plays and particularly on third down. UCF, for, for example, I was at the game, right? And there were a couple of big third down and long plays, and they let UCF convert those. That's, that's not you have to get them off the field in that particular time. So we've seen on multiple fronts this year, this secondary get lit up for big plays. Uh, Missouri uh, with Luther Burden Torres up there as well. So it's been the, the big plays it really hurt K-State this year. And Klanem uh, and our defensive coordinator is going to have to figure things, some things out. And obviously they, we, we've been hit with the injury bug as well, but we knew going in that the back end of the defense was going to be the struggle for this team this year. And we'll, again, we'll see what dominoes play out as we move forward, especially with this TCU game. Uh, But yeah, they're, even though 480 yards uh, against a th- third-string quarterback at Tech last week, they they, they still were able to turn get turnovers. And that was another thing, too, Stephen, going into that game, is not creating enough turnovers. They finally were able to get them some and, and turn those into points. Yep.
0: Uh, when we come back, we'll talk – well, Eddie will fire some questions of me. we will kind of get the TC perspective on this matchup. Let's come back next year on Lockdown Horn Pro. I want to take a second to talk about BetterHelp? Uh, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like you knew what you needed to do, but your brain was getting in the way? Uh, I've dealt with anxiety for a long time. Man, it can be brutal when you're trying to fall asleep at night and your thoughts are just racing. You know what you should do. You know what's good for you, but you can't just you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back, so you can work for yourself instead of working against for yourself. Uh, I told you guys this before. Um, I benefit from therapy in my own life, personally, and then. My wife and I, we adopted our, our oldest two children, and we have benefited greatly from counseling and therapy as a family with them as well, learning how to communicate with them better, learning the best ways um, to just give them the best chance to succeed. And so therapy is a huge help in that. It's, it's a great thing that you can do. Uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give Help a try. It's all online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. Get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash lockdown college today to get 10 percent off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/slash lockdown college. FanDuel uh, NFL season going on right now. Saints Jags is going on as me and Eddie are recording this. Uh, you can get up to $200 in bonus bets guaranteed if you just place a $5 bet down. How do you do that? You go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, all you have to do is place a $5 bet down, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. It's free money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. They also have an app that's super easy to use with a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you've been wondering how to get involved in the sports betting world, this is the best place to do it. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Uh, FanDuel, they include money lines, props, etc. Go to fanduel.com slash on and take advantage of that bonus bets deal today. All right, Eddie, fire away. What do you want to know about uh, about the TCU horn frogs heading into Saturday night?
1: All right, Stephen, I kind of want to rewind all the way back to the beginning of the year. You guys were ranked into the top 25, 17th in the country, coming off of the BCS appearance in the national championship game and preseason. Ranked fifth going into the year, uh, Steven, Going going into the year, what were your kind of your expectations for this team? Obviously, you know the the unfortunate loss against Georgia. What were your kind of your thoughts going into this year under Sunny Dykes?
0: Well, I thought they could be better than this. I guess that's a short answer. Um, <laughs> I, I I felt like they would be a team that my season prediction before the year Eddie was nine and three. So I thought they could. You know, they weren't going to do what they did last year where they just won out in the regular season uh, and made the college football playoff. I didn't know if 9-3 and three would get you the Big 12 championship game, but I really thought those first seven games, um, they could go 6-1 and one or 7-0. Of course, they sit here at 4-3 and three as they head to Manhattan to take on Kansas State, so that's much different. Um, they got beat by Coach Prime in Colorado to start the season, which wasn't, I think, what they had in mind. Uh, And that loss kind of looks worse and worse by the week, as that Colorado team has sort of faded as the year has gone on. Um, But weirdly, like that game, the defense really struggled. Since then, it's been the offense that has had issues. Chandler Morris, who took over for Max Duggan, um, struggled at times this year. You know, they had a two-week stretch against West Virginia and Iowa State where they just could not find a way. You get points on the board, they were turning the ball over, they were having a lot of three and outs. And so they made the change to Josh Hoover last week. That worked really well against BYU. We'll see how that continues, but it's going to be fascinating how this plays out now. Because uh, as I said, like I thought, they've they've already gone through kind of the easier part of their schedule at least on paper. Now you hit the gauntlet with K State on the road and Texas Tech and Texas and Oklahoma, and you got a new QB for the foreseeable future. Um, so I, I think. Getting to a bowl game would be uh, a a great thing for this team. If you get anything more than that, then it's kind of uh, gravy, I guess. But yeah, I thought they'd be better than this. I felt like they would take a step back, but not to the not to the uh, state that they have been. Uh, even though they did, they did look better last week against BYU.
1: Yeah, yeah, T, yeah. TCU coming into Manhattan on Saturday night, four and three overall, and two and two right now. In the Big 12, you mentioned uh, Josh Hoover, your freshman quarterback there, who started, made a start against BYU and dismantled BYU by the final score there, 44-11 there last week. This, is, this will be his first road test against a hostile environment crowd here in Manhattan, Kansas. How do you think Josh Hoover, Stephen, is approaching this game?
0: I mean, from a preparation standpoint, he seems to get it. Now, he's a human being, and that's, it's going to be a tough environment. Like, the fans there are great. They're going to get into it. It's a night game. I'm sure the atmosphere is going to be pretty hostile. Um, but just listening to him talk, Eddie, I mean, I, I think he understands what he has to do, at least to be ready to play. Now, executing it is going to be going to be tough. If you told me before the game last week that he was going to throw the ball 58 times against BYU, I I don't really know what I would have thought about that. I mean, I, I think I just would have been like, okay, that's kind of crazy. That that sounds like an insane stat line for somebody who uh, made his first, you know, his collegiate debut. But they did make – they kind of made it easy on him in, in the fact that it was a lot of quick game stuff. It was a lot of, you know, screens, slants, uh, drag routes, those types of things where he was getting the ball out fast. Um, and I, I covered – I got to see Josh twice in high school play And at Rockwell Heath, which is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, this is kind of what he did. Like, I know it's a totally different level of football, but they spread people out and they threw the ball all over the place. So I think it's something that he's comfortable doing. Now, if they're going to beat Kansas State, then Imani Bailey is going to have to run the ball well. I think that's going to have to be a huge part of their game plan. Um, But, you know, we'll see. I I think it's certainly possible that he could just melt down, you know, under the lights in an environment like that. But I feel like from a – a preparation standpoint, he's going to be as prepared as he possibly can be, you know, from film study and kind of knowing the playbook going into this ball game.
1: Now, focusing kind of on the wide receivers on your end, who's caught your eye so far this year after seven games for TCU on the receiver side, and can one of those, your can one of those TCU playmakers step up for a freshman quarterback?
0: Man, that's a great question. The receiving room has kind of been a revolving door, and some of that's just been because of injuries. Um, Sonny Dykes has kind of lamented at times this year that they haven't had the same core group of guys in practice week in and week out because players just haven't been available. Um, J.P. Richardson transfer from Oklahoma State has been really great, uh, you know, and, and he's fully healthy now and is rolling. Uh, Savion Williams, who was a big part of the team last year, I feel like he's finally starting to come on and make some plays. And then two other guys that have, have sort of been inconsistent but could make some noise, Daylon Wright, transfer from Minnesota, and then Jalen Robinson, who's been just about everywhere in college. I think this is his fourth school, but he came over from Old Miss and had a big season at UCF a few years back. Um, those, are, those are the names to know. But I think if you're, just, if you're looking for one guy who throughout the season has been really good, it's been J.P. Richardson. He plays in the slot. Um, he's tough to bring down. He makes tough catches and yeah, he's just, he's been there every week regardless of who's playing quarterback and whatever the situation is, he can, he continues to make big plays for the Horned Frogs.
1: And now uh, flipping the coin over to the defensive side, when K-State and TCU get together, it seems like it seems to be a, a physical battle between the two schools kind of like uh, it's, it's kind of become a rivalry in, in some sorts there. Uh, last year being the first, the first meeting in Fort Worth, uh, the TCU defense being really physical with K-State offensively, and then the obviously the Big 12 championship game—it was just an out all-out battle, right? So, what's you been your what's been your positive and negative from a TCU defense that was pretty stout last year? What's been your thoughts
0: thoughts so- TCU defense? Yeah, I mentioned the Colorado game earlier uh, where they really struggled, and it was a lot of big plays. Since then, they played well. I think from a positive standpoint. Um, they got Josh Newton back in, in the secondary, one of their corners. They brought in Avery Helm from Florida and he's done a really nice job. And then, uh, pretty much all their safeties are back. So their experience there, they've done a nice job. Um, since that season opener kind of slowing down the passing game. Um, you know, their front seven is, is gotten better as the year's gone on as well. Uh, Shad Banks at linebacker is a name to know their defensive line doesn't, Get I mean, well, I say this, I think they lead the Big 12 in, like, at least average sacks per game. But um, they didn't always get to the quarterback or get home at least, but they create pressure. They're really good against the run. Now, what I'm curious about is I felt like in the Big 12 championship game, Chris Kleiman and his staff had a lot of success uh, with the misdirection in the run game, you know, kind of moving, moving the backs around, um, a lot of counters, pulling linemen, you know, basically deceiving TCU, making their eyes kind of fool them. And so I wonder how they handle that, especially if Avery Johnson is going to be a big part of the game plan. Uh, but this defense has been really consistent the last six weeks. And so, I mean, I think they they have the ability to stand up to just about anyone, you know, the way they're playing right now. Um, they've been really solid since that, that kind of disaster to start the season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be quite the battle under lights at Bill Stein Family Stadium Saturday. I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: I am too. We'll do keys to the game. Eddie, get your prediction ready, uh, <laughs> and we'll we'll do that next. It's locked on Horn Frogs your team every day. All right, I want to talk to you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs—they're the most comfortable shorts ever. I was uh, kind of skeptical when they were like, "Hey, we're going to send you some, you know, we're going to send you some some product." Um, I was like, man, these khaki shorts, they look really short. I don't know if it's going to be my style, but as soon as I put them on, I I loved them. They stretch and they fit and they, you know, they kind of give you a slimmer look. They give you a sculpted look, um, and they just fit great. You can wear them just about anywhere. You know, they look kind of formal, so you can get away with wearing them to work like I have before, or you can just wear them around the house, hanging out with your kids, playing outside, whatever it is. Um, they have anti Sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. They're functional for any occasion. Um, And you get a free water bottle with your purchase if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on. Free water bottle if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on at checkout. Um, They have great products. They'll ship to you quickly. Bird dogs, you can wear them anywhere. Make it your choice today. And that's birddogs.com slash locked on. All right, Eddie, we'll do predictions here in a second. But first, what are your keys to the game? If K-State's going to come out with a victory on Saturday night, what do they have to do?
1: Well, offensively, they need to establish a rhythm early. I said last week on Four Pro Project Podcast, they need to start off fast, and they did that in Lubbock, right? So this game, particular game on Saturday night, they need to find a rhythm quickly uh, if they don't. I think they're gonna struggle against that TCU defense. I think whoever starts with that's Will Howard first or Avery Johnson first, they need to establish a rhythm right off the bat, try to score first on that offensive possession and get that mo- mojo go, keep that mojo going from Lubbock last week. Defense, <laughs> they have to frustrate who the quarterback. Find a way to get put more pressure on, be more creative. In your defensive scheme, Joe Klantman, the defensive coordinator for K-State, find a way. Use obviously the crowd's going to be h- hyped up. Obviously, it's a night game on the lights at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's going to one of the more intimidating places in the Big 12. So use that to your advantage. Keep the crowd in the game. I think defensively for them, for K-State, they need to put mix up their pressures, make make Josh Hoover uh, uncomfortable a little bit and really slow down the run, TCU run game also as well. So if K-State's going to walk out of Bill Stein Family Stadium at home with, a, with another win, they need to do those things.
0: Yeah, on the TCU side of it, I, I think they have to limit turnovers. You know, you talked about the fact that Rabel has forced so many picks, Kansas State that is, against Texas Tech, against a young quarterback. So Josh Hoover's got to protect the football. Need to run the ball. Um, it, it, I think that's a huge key just to take some pressure off you know, the offense and allow them to work well. And then the final thing I'll say is, you know, defensively, regardless of who's playing quarterback, got to find a way to, to put K-State in third and long, force them to throw the ball, force these receivers to make plays um, and, and use that strong secondary to try to win the ball game. Okay, Eddie, you can give me a score. You don't have to, though. You can just say who you think wins. Uh, who do you got on uh, Saturday between these two teams?
1: I got to roll with the cats on this one. Final score, I'm going to go ahead and say K-State 31, TCU 20. This one.
0: All right. Uh, as I said last week, <laughs> um, I feel like I'm a realist. My wife says that's what pessimists call themselves. But that being said, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen. It's It's a tough matchup. I, I liked what Josh Hoover brought to the table though. I think if the defense can keep them in it, the frogs can pull this off. TCU gets an upset in Manhattan. I think K-State's six and a half point favorites in this one. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll take TCU by a field goal, maybe 31-28 late in that ball game. Um, but either way, it, it should be fun. Eddie, uh, thank you for doing this. Again, it's Eddie Grew. You can find him at Eddie underscore EG3 on Twitter or X or whatever they call it now. Um and please subscribe to that podcast. It's the Purple Project Pod, right, Eddie?
1: Yep, the Purple Project Podcast, all things Kansas State sports.
0: So any K State people watching or listening, subscribe to that podcast. TCU people, go ahead and do it too. You know, you know, you don't have to listen every day, but you should subscribe. <laughs> Hopefully, these two teams meet again. Uh, yeah, they definitely will next year, but maybe down the line, maybe we'll see a surprise Big Twelve championship matchup once again. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs and the Purple Project Pod crossover edition. Uh, it's your team every day.